Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways, shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Welcome to Woke AF with me, Danielle Moody. With the first 100 days of the Biden-Harris administration behind us, it's time to look forward to the many fights for justice that are still ahead of us. One battle that grassroots activists have been fighting for almost a decade is the battle to renew and restore voting rights after the 2013 Shelby County v. Holder decision gutted the Voting Rights Act of 1965. A focal point for this struggle is in the state of Georgia, where leaders like Stacey Abrams have been working tirelessly to activate more voters and attain proper representation in government. Last month, Georgia State Representative Park Cannon was arrested and charged with two felony counts simply for doing her job and knocking on the door of the illegitimate governor, Brian Kemp, and demanding he not sign away Georgians' rights behind closed doors. Representative Cannon joined me this week on Woke AF Daily to tell her story and talk about the gains that activists have made on the ground in Georgia and the many obstacles that have yet to be overcome. You can hear our full half-hour conversation about her experience being arrested and charged, why more marginalized people need to be running for office in local communities, and more by supporting me on Patreon at patreon.com slash For right now, here's my question to Georgia State Representative Park Cannon on why and how Georgia became a centerpiece in the fight for voting rights in America. What is really interesting, and and maybe this is something that obviously because you've been working in Georgia for quite some time now that you've seen coming, but the rest of the country did not, right? Georgia has become a lightning rod in so many different ways because of the hard and tireless work of extraordinary activists and politicians like yourself that have been doing the work to elevate the voices of black and brown people that are in that state. You know, this piece of legislation that was signed into law by Governor Kemp is based on a lie, right? Just like the over 200 pieces of legislation that are now in over 40 states in this country, based on a lie. And I want to know, where do you think that we head now, knowing that we are just 
you know, months shy of beginning midterm elections in this country where there are elections that are happening all the time. We know that Governor Kemp is being sued, right, again for the actions that he has taken. But where do you see Georgia moving now as it pertains to voting rights? Georgia is already voting in record numbers and voters have actually gone through whatever coping mechanisms that they need to access the ballot. When we talk about Georgians turning the state blue, many a times it's talked about as this idea it happened overnight. It really mm-hmm. didn't. Years and years of trauma-informed practices by voting rights groups saying, wow, you're having some issue with transportation to get to the polling place, we will help you with that. Geez, you're thirsty or hungry from standing in this six hour line, we'll provide you with some refreshments. Oh, wow, you are experiencing COVID-19 and you're trying Mm. to figure out how to get your ballot to you and back in. Who can sign for you? Who can help you? We'll help you with a hotline. So Georgians have already been working towards stopping what they have done, the GOP, which is codifying conspiracies. Mm. When you codify a conspiracy and you turn it into state law, you enact so many different officers who believe that they are the protector of the vote to do things that will disempower people from voting. There are two pieces of Senate Bill 202 that I really want Georgians to take in consideration and have a strategy for. The first one is now any old person in Georgia Mm -hmm. can put in an unlimited number of petitions to people's voter registrations. We saw this in 2018. We wrote a whole uh, movie about it, documentary, and screened it. It's called Suppressed with Brave New Films. And what we explained there was there was this gentleman who lived in a rural community, and he felt like people with these different last names, with hyphens in their last names, that they weren't real people. So he would go up to the elections board's meetings that really no one else attended, and he would submit the number of petitions he could submit for that day. And next month, he would go back and do it again. Now, that same person is going to have the power to be the voter registration czar, and you don't even know us. You don't know who we are, but we know strategy is. So that's the first issue. The second is the human rights violations that are codified by criminality. You can face a misdemeanor now for helping someone get food or water in line. What? So we are trying as Georgians to help the country understand that these factions and these bills and policies didn't just happen overnight. They have been working on these for years. So we want other states to go ahead and shore up voter rights, even if it's in a small subsection, the criminality section, the mail-in ballots, the in-person voting, the absentee, whatever it is, shore up voting rights before conspiracies become codified. 
I'm telling you, and if there is anything that the Republican Party has become the master of, it is codifying conspiracies. Right now in Arizona, they are doing yet another audit on the 2020 election that is being overseen by OAN News, you know, the Trump News Channel, as if that is bipartisan or nonpartisan. I feel like we are living in a parallel universe. One of the other things. You know, you started off saying that you were the youngest representative to be elected in Georgia. And I think that that is extraordinary. I remember when you were first running, we were all so excited. I mean, as a black queer woman, like I was just like, go girl, go, you know, whatever can be done should be done. You've written a book entitled The Universal Guide for Running for Office at the State Level. Why do you still believe that folks like us should be running for office, given all that we're up against. Should we be in the streets? Should we be in the C-suites? Should we be in state office? Why do you think it's important that we run? All of it. But what I will say about this message of running for office is the most important piece of it is recognizing that you are going to run as you are. So if you are a CEO already, or you've been working in McDonald's, you're going to need to run as you are. You're going to have to go back through those photo albums and ask your family members, why were we living there? What were we doing? Who was working where? And how did we get to this place where half of our family didn't vote in this this one specific election. There's going to have to be a really deep dive that people do. And I use the universal guide to running for office to explore that, to help people break it down and to make it actionable. I have a whole mess at the end of it of affirmation pages where mm. I affirm you and then you affirm yourself and you keep that going so that as you're out there on the campaign trail, you're able to say, I understand legislating Uber and Lyft because I take Uber and Lyft more differently than maybe some of my 78, 80-year-old colleagues. So I am a subject matter expert in this conversation. Or if you've been working at McDonald's, you understand food safety guidelines. You understand OSHA. You understand all of these different micro uh, situations that make you the perfect Mm -hmm. to run for office, that actually help you see your power in the place. Everyone can talk about balancing the state budget. Maybe they want money for their hospitals. But if you're a Black woman and you're a healthcare worker in Georgia, you should be running for office. You were the number one type of person in the clinical settings contracting COVID-19 during this pandemic. So you are a subject matter expert on the issues related to COVID-19 and hospital financing and funding. So even though sometimes people get concerned that they might not have all the money to finance mm-hmm. pain, we talk about all the different types of organizations that can help you when you're considering running for office. And that at a certain point, Money doesn't always do it. You know, even if you spend $500 on yard signs, yard signs don't vote. They might get your information out to a block of voters, but they're not going to go to the polls to cast their ballot for you or do that from home. So running for office in this digital space in a highly polarized moment like now, we have to use our own stories and just run as we are, even if it doesn't pay much as Mm -hmm. it relates 
to a salary, I always help young people understand this. How different would it be if you graduated from high school, you had no sex education because we are, of course, a abstinent only state, and you ran for school board and won. You would be able to change your comprehensive sexual education policies, therefore helping teenage pregnancy, therefore helping community resources, all kinds of things. So we have to just think differently about who makes up those seats and not feel as though they're going to challenge us right when it happens. People want to hear the truth right now when people run for office and the season is happening, qualifying, in Georgia is in August, which is just three months away. And if I can be of help to anyone, please reach out directly. Codifying conspiracies has increasingly become the norm in American politics. Just as false, racialized accusations of voter fraud increased in the Trump era, there was also an increase in scaremongering around immigration especially at the southern border. But this othering of immigrants was not new under Trump. It started decades earlier, fed into and encouraged by popular white nationalism. This is how a man like Joe Arpaio ended up being elected sheriff of Maricopa County in Arizona back in 1992 and keeping that position until finally being voted out in 2016. If you remember, Arapayo was also Donald Trump's first presidential pardon after his policies and programs became the subject of legal scrutiny. I invited Jude Joffe Block, Associated Press reporter and co-author of the new book, Driving While Brown, Sheriff Joe Arapayo versus the Latino Resistance, onto Woke AF Daily this week to take a deep dive into how he gained power, the abuses he carried out with that power, and what led to the reckoning and ultimate pardon under the Trump presidency. You can hear her full breakdown of Arapayo's twisted legacy right now on my Patreon at patreon.com slash wokeaf. I also asked Jude how the wave that finally voted out Sheriff Joe ties into Arizona going blue for the first time in over a half century. Take a listen. Arizona became a really a kind of interesting place, right, in 2020, much in the same way as Georgia, Arizona for the first time went blue. How do you make sense of how something like that could happen in 2020, but they produce a man like Joe Arapaio? I mean, I guess it's the same question of how can this country both give us Barack Obama and Donald Trump? I have no idea is the great paradox of our times. But humor me. How, how, did, how did Arizona get to this place? They're actually really connected. So the grassroots organizing that starts happening in Arizona, it's not just Arpaio, but Arpaio is a big part of it. It's also Arizona's laws that are aimed at criminalizing immigrants and that many Latinos also feel like cause them to fall under suspicion as well. People will remember Senate Bill 1070 that Arizona passed in 2010 that uh, was mostly gutted by courts, but still some parts of it are in effect today. So these laws and Arpaio's tactics and rhetoric created a backlash. And so there was organizing on the ground that started 
getting young people to register people to vote, canvassing neighborhoods. There's a whole generation of people in their 20s who have been knocking on doors, registering voters since like 2010, 11, 12. And now, you know, they're seasoned adults and they they're pretty savvy at running political campaigns. So what we see is this building clout among Latino voters, voters of color, voters who didn't used to be engaged, rising each cycle. After Joe Arpaio was defeated, because this movement really rallied in 2016 to defeat Arpaio, mm-hmm. Trump was elected that cycle and he right. won. And he won in Maricopa County, but Arpaio lost by 13 points in Maricopa County that year in 2016 after, you know, being in office for 24 years. So the same folks who were organizing on the ground continued in 2018 and they continued in 2020. And we've seen a shift and it's there are other factors as well. There was a lot of engagement of, um, among the indigenous vote in Arizona. There were. Right. Right. Kind of John McCain style Republicans who were disenchanted mm-hmm. with Trump. There were, you know, suburban women who turned against Trump. And then there were California implant uh, transplants who had moved to Arizona and started to vote in a more democratic way. But this movement and the, the engagement of young people, the engagement of more voters of color and the kind of on the ground work, what you hear from people who are involved in that, they say, once people saw we could defeat Joe Arpaio in 2016, right. that opened their eyes that their vote mattered, that elections matter, and that they could actually defeat Trump. And so there is a direct connection between this whole saga of what everyone lived through under Maricopa County, under Joe Arpaio, with the politics of Arizona today. Where do you think, Jude, that we go from here? This is a a huge nightmarish legacy that Arapayo has. We have, you know, children that still need to be united with their families. We have detention centers across this country that are still overflowing with undocumented people. We have an immigration crisis where we can't seem to no administration, not Obama, not Bush, not Clinton has been able to not Trump has been able to do anything about how we create a humane, right? Immigration system. Where do you think that we go from here? And what do you think this administration, the Biden Harris team, will do in the coming months and coming years? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I think, I mean, what we hope to do in the book is lay the groundwork so that if somebody wanted to be caught up on kind of where the immigration reform debate started um, in sort of modern history in the last few decades, where it started and kind of where it is today, we tried to give that context in the book to catch people up to this moment. And we have... President Biden, who's made a campaign promise to tackle immigration reform, which is something that has been really impossible for anyone to do for quite some time. And I think what I see in Arizona is that there are newly engaged voters and people who have been involved in the political process and have been inspired to be involved and are have been on the side of helping Democrats get elected. If Democrats continue to not be able to deliver on immigration reform. I do wonder what's going to happen, you know, to the same political factors that are at play right now. If this goal of immigration reform 
seems like it's never going to happen, it could mm -hmm. kind of change the calculus of how the politics are working out on the ground. And so I think that's something that will be interesting to watch because certainly what's happening at the border does make it politically a lot more complicated for the Biden administration to move forward. And I think that we're seeing already how the issue of what's happening at the border is being politicized, that there's rhetoric around, a lot of rhetoric around fear and criminality and threats to Americans as part of the larger conversation that we're seeing ab about what's going on. And that, that same rhetoric kind of was something we saw in Arizona at the height of that enforcement. The, the equation of, it, of immigrants with criminality has deep consequences for the kinds of politics and policies that stem forward from that. The myriad of problems that we are facing today go back decades to the right-wing white nationalist conspiracies that have been codified into law. We need to call out these policies for what they are, racist laws created by and for racist Americans. We can do better and we need to do better or else America is lost to the worst among us. I tell you every week that it is important not to give up hope, but hope is not enough without a fight. Wherever you are in this vast nation, get connected with your community and get to work organizing for a better tomorrow. The more of us there are, the harder it is for them to say no, to say things can't change, to say that this is the way it has always been. It hasn't and it doesn't have to be. As always, follow me on Patreon to get the latest from me every single weekday at patreon.com slash wokeaf. Until next time, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.